And let's open our Bibles tonight to uh, Genesis, the book of beginnings. Uh, it's all deep, but Genesis is one of the deepest books in the Bible, if there is such a thing, because they're all deep. But let's look at Genesis chapter 4, and we're going to look at uh, two different chapters of Genesis. Read a few verses for our text. We're going to begin in verse 25, and we're going to read just verses 25 and 26. So let's stand, please, for the reading of God's Word, Genesis chapter 4 and verse 25 and 26. So let's read these together. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son, and called his name Seth. For God said, She hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. And to Seth, to him also there was born a son, and he called his name Enos, then begin men to call upon the name of the Lord. So notice uh, Seth uh, replaced Abel, and then Seth had a son. His name was Enos. All right, now look to chapter 5 of Genesis, and we'll begin reading in verse 18, and we're going to read responsively through verse uh, 24. So let's begin in chapter 5, verse 18. And Jared lived an hundred sixty and two years, and he begat Enoch. And Jared lived after he begat Enoch eight hundred years, and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Jared were nine hundred sixty and two years, and he died. And Enoch lived sixty and five years, and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah three hundred years, and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 360 and five years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. So we have two different men. These are great types and lessons for us. You have Enos and Enoch, uh, and we need to learn from them in the book of beginnings. And there's really only two types of men. Um, and they represent one of the two types. All right, let's pray. Our Father, we pray that you bless the message. We pray for your help to preach and hear the word. We pray that it would go forth with a demonstration of power and the spirit for the edification of your people. We pray that you draw men unto thyself, uh, awaken us, help us to understand, help us to know who we are in Christ, and help us to be faithful. We pray for a stirring up and a moving uh, that is beyond uh, human ability. Help us to understand Enoch and Enos and who we are in Christ. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, 5 through 6, that Enoch was translated uh, because he pleased God. And the next verse, the famous one is Hebrews eleven six. 6, without faith, it is impossible to please him. So these two men are types of humanity. There are only two types, and every man is either one or the other. They cannot be both. So the average 
person is Enos, and we'll look at this. We know the world, though, has different beliefs. They do not want to admit the truth that there's only two types. You have the lost and the saved. You have natural man and then those who are new creatures in Christ. But the reality is every one of us, we are either an Enos type of man or an Enoch type of man. And in the Bible, we, we, in the book of beginnings, God mysteriously has these things hidden. So remember, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. You cannot understand one without the other. That's why God chose Paul. He was an expert, a doctor of the law. That's why he could teach grace. He was an expert in the law, so he could teach grace. And if we're going to understand the world we live in and the type of people we're dealing with and learn our own nature, then we, we always go back to Genesis, the book of beginnings. So we know that Adam was offered the kingdom of heaven. He was innocent before God, naked, walked with God in the cool of the day. He even had fellowship with the animal kingdom. He talked with the animals. He named the animals. God gave him Eve and uh, caused the sleep to fall upon him, took a rib, and she was out of the man, so she was called woman. Adam's uh, companion and uh, helpmeet. And so they had this freedom in the Garden of Eden. They could live freely, walk with God, know God, enjoy the, uh, the plants and uh, the flowers, the trees, the fruit, all the great things God provided, also in the animal kingdom. But there was one law God gave him. He said, Thou shalt not eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So then God gave Adam a responsibility. And Adam's responsibility, a lot of people overlook this, was to dress and keep the garden. So he was watching over the garden. He was a gardener, and he loved plants. But then he was also a military sentry, because that word keep means a military watchman to be on guard. Do not let evil in the garden. You are to be on top of things, be alert, be responsible, be aware, always watch, do not let evil in the garden. And so something happened. We are not told how this happened or the details of it, but Adam failed. You know, and I say it again, if we could get some real men that would be real men and lead their wives, they'd follow. Real men, if you would lead your children, they would submit and follow you and honor God we need a revival and an increase of real men. But so Adam failed. What was the failure? Somehow, some way, the serpent got into the garden. We're not told how. Apparently, Adam was not even present. He was, uh, could have been what we'd call in the military, AWOL. 
absent without leave. He was not there, did not keep the garden. And so that old serpent comes in, the liar, the deceiver, the wily, crafty one. He comes in when Adam is not there. And the Bible does say that the woman is the weaker vessel, but I've seen a lot of women who know more about God than a lot of men ever dreamed of. Uh, it, there are exceptions to the rule. Everybody can be spiritual and know God. But the, the devil comes in and he gives his satanic uh, sales pitch to Eve. And by the way, nothing has changed. He said, Yea, hath God said. He, he caused her to doubt the word of God. And then she added to the word of God and said, well, God said, don't even touch it. Well, God didn't say don't touch it. He said, don't eat of it. And, and then he said, this is good for food. It is uh, pleasant to the eye. It looks really good and beautiful and tasty. And then it says it's desired to make one wise. So he appealed to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and then he gave her the same thing that's going on today, that sales pitch, ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil, by if you eat of this, you will no longer be ignorant, limited. Don't let God's law keep you from becoming a God, little God, by the forbidden knowledge. You will know these things and you will be made into a greater, more intelligent, enlightened uh, creature. So she yielded to the temptation. She was deceived by the serpent. She eats of it. At some point, Adam returns, apparently, and he is influenced by his wife. So I say this all the time. Women are very powerful. They have a lot of influence, very powerful. If you use your influence for God, uh, God will use you, very powerful. What does she do, though? She uses her influence that she's already yielded to the temptation. Now, Adam, he is not deceived. He just willingly disobeys God. And so he eats of it immediately. They are guilty. The wages of sin is death. They realize their innocence is gone. Their conscience is pricked. And uh, they are convicted that, that they have sinned against God. They realize they're naked. And God comes walking in the cool of the day. And uh, they're ashamed. And they hide themselves. God makes them clothing with coats of skin and uses the innocent dying for the uh, the guilty to cover it. Why? Love covers sin. So the Bible then tells us that death has passed upon all men. This is in Romans 5. Why? For that all have sinned. So we were all there. You know, we sinned in Adam. We were in Adam. We are out of Adam. Therefore, death has passed upon all men for that all have sinned, but there's a second Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ, that all who believe in him shall live 
eternally, praise the Lord. So it says in 1 Corinthians 15, 22, as in Adam, all die. As in Jesus Christ, all shall live. So death is passed upon all men. It is the soul that sinneth, it shall surely die. So this is the setting. God's original plan, a lot of people don't understand this, was for Adam and Eve to replenish, repopulate the earth. They would grow and grow and grow and populate the earth and apparently have to move to other planets. And the increase of the kingdom would just go on and on and on for the glory of God as they walked with Him in the cool of the day and obeyed His commandments. But they sinned. So we know what happened. Cain, the murderer, kills Abel. And then after that, uh, they have a man named Seth. And then Seth has Adam. So, I'm sorry, Enos. This is who we're talking about, Enos. So you have, he's the fifth man. Adam, Cain, Abel, Seth, Enos. Five in biblical numerology is the number of death. So Enos, he's the fifth man. He's really a dead man walking. You notice uh, today, and I'm glad I've never seen any of that. I just know it's out there. People love zombies. They love the walking dead. They love, they're just they like skulls. They love death. They're given over to it. What does that mean? They are an Enos-type man, a dead man walking, dead in sin. And the word Enos means mortal. He will die. And, but it means more than that. He's frail. He's feeble. And the word means temporary. And he's not a dignified man but not only that, he's an evil man, and the word means bloodthirsty. He wants to kill other men and make them die. Why? Because he is a man of death. He's a mortal man, has no hope at this point in his life, and he is walking dead. He's the fifth man, including Adam, a man of death. So Enos represents a natural man, a sinner, a dead man, a corrupt man, a perishing man, a man that does not know God, does not uh, walk with God. He is without God. The cemeteries are full. The jails are full. The prisons, the hospitals, the sickness, the sorrows, the sadness, the disease. You know, a lot of people, they might look pretty good now, but if they're one of these five men at uh, Enos, they're walking dead. Uh, sometimes you'll see these things like, this is what they look like in the 70s. Look what they look like now. It is scary. Why? The wages of sin is death. So, the key is this bloodthirsty Enos, longing, lusting, 
The word means unbridled. So basically, Enos is the type man, he doesn't want any rules. He does not want any law. He wants anarchy. He does not want the law of God and the order of God in his life. He wants to be like an unbridled, wild Mustang who's out there and just can, like the Bible says, they snuff at the wind and they run into battle. They're, they're chomping at the bit. They don't want a bit and a bridle pulling them back, controlling them so that there's some order. They are just out of control. They're a wild man. And, and this is where, you know, you get uh, the Edomites, the hairy goat people and all these weird things uh, the, the, the horns and the evil and the, the malevolent, these types of things. Uh, no rules, no law. They're above it or they don't even care what it is. The, these, there's no restraints for them. This is the type of man that Enos is. Now, what did Jesus tell us? He said, enter ye in at the straight gate. For narrow is the gate, and uh, it's very straight and narrow, and it's a straight way. Few there be which find it. He said, because wide is the gate that leadeth into destruction. And it says, broad is that way that leadeth unto death, and many there be which go in thereat. Many are going through that wide gate, unbridled, anything goes, let anybody in, don't offend people, be inclusive, don't have any order or structure from God's Word. This is the type of man that Enos was, and he types the people that are here today, no fear of God, no restraint, no repentance, no bridling you know one time uh, you know we we grew up in dallas the metroplex and my grandpa he lived in oklahoma it's right across the red river but they produce rodeos and sometimes my uh, uncle he would think you know i'm gonna get these city slickers you know he, he would try to get us to a gate that would be hard to open. Ha, city slickers can't even open it. And he'd, we're little kids, he'd pick on it. And I don't know if he did it on purpose or not, but we would go and he'd say, all right, Jeff, I want you to ride this Shetland pony right here. Never forgot it. He was gray. And uh, this was a wild horse. Uh, no matter how, if you pulled on those reins, it made him run faster. And he would try to run me under trees, knock my head off, run me up against barbed wire fences. He would buck. And I never did. I don't think I got bucked off of that one. But um, unbridled, just no control. Don't tell me what to do. Don't you tell me that I'm uh, wrong or I'm in sin. This is the type of man that um, Enos is. Now, it says in chapter 4, verse uh, 26, it was then that men began to call on the name of the Lord. And when you study this, this is not a good calling on the name of the Lord. This is that type of relationship where you hear that good old boy talk, and I don't even like to say it, 
Lordy, Lordy. You know, the, the good Lord. You know, the, I don't even like to say it, above. They, no, they don't know God. They called on the name of the Lord. They don't really mean it. They don't know him. They don't fear him. Uh, I've seen some of those good old boys do some of the most evil things uh, through life. So Enos lives 90 years, and then he begets Canaan, who is um, a heathen. And you've got all these things going on coming out of this lineage, and he lives 905 years, then he dies. Now, you have the other type man, which is Enoch. He is the ninth generation, and, and when you're looking at numerology, so eight is the number of uh, new or eternity, and then nine is the next year or day into eternity. And so this is the man who has the new life. He's in the straight, the narrow way, the bridled way. He's the one that it says he walked with God and he was not. Why? For God took him. I'm always thinking about that. Voice of the Lord God come walking. They're just walking along. And God says, boy, this is so great. I don't want this to end. He just raptures him and takes him up to heaven. And he's translated that he did not see death. And he's a type of the New Testament believer that's alive when the rapture takes place. Boy, wouldn't that be good if we, if he is, if we are the Enoch type. Um, and it could happen at any time, by the way. So what does Enoch mean? It's the exact opposite of what Enos means. The word means discipline. Discipline. It means narrow, and it means to throttle back, and it means to choke oneself. In other words, don't let yourself have too much freedom. Do not allow yourself to be unbridled. I remember when I was a kid, they had a go-kart. I'm sure they still have these things. You had go-karts, and then you had mini bikes. And uh, some of them had like almost always a Briggs and Stratton engine. How many remember that? I do. And so some of them were, uh, you know, they, if you knew mechanics, you could get a big, pretty powerful engine. If you could bolt it in there somehow, connect it to the, you know, the drive chain, the, the, um, you could hurt yourself. And I remember some people do it, and, they, and then they'd turn too sharp, and they'd, just, they'd roll those things. And then one day my, my dad bought us one. I don't remember what it was. I think it was a little go-kart. Uh, but we, we said, boy, we're going to just, I'm going to see what this thing will do. So we get out in the street, floorboard it, and it goes like 10 miles an hour. And I'm, you know, saying, what are we doing here? And so we get back and we learn, oh, they put a governor, you know what those are. They put a governor on the uh, engine we don't want anybody to go fast. We don't want anybody to hurt, hurt themselves. So the governor throttled back. You could only go so fast. And that's what Enoch means. He knows that if he let himself loose, 
he would self-destruct. He knows that if he was unbridled and if he did not have any biblical uh, law or rules or regulation in his life, he would self-destruct. Now, you say, well, what's the big deal? I'll tell you what's the big deal. Who did God walk with, Enos or Enoch? He walked with Enoch. And it says in Amos 3.3, as I mentioned, how shall two walk together except they be agreed? So how, what is one of the main principles of walking with God and agreeing with God? You have to bridle it back. You have to have rules. You have to have the law of God. You have to have structure. You have to have organization. And you have to have discipline. So what is a disciple? When you study the Word, it is a follower of Jesus Christ, but it is a disciplined learner. A disciplined learner. So it takes discipline to be a true and a godly follower of Christ. Now, you have to make your body do certain things. You have to live by schedule. You, can, you have to limit yourself to this, limit yourself in that. You, you, you have to limit your sleep. You have to limit what you eat, you, how much you eat. You have to have some control. You're supposed to limit what you say, what you think about, your emotions. So the Enoch, Enos, whatever they think about, you know, they just let it go. Their imagination, their heart was evil continually. Whatever comes into their head, they're going to say it. Whatever they feel, they're going to express it and act upon it. But Enoch walked with God. Why? He drew back. And because of that, God loved him. He pleased God. And he walked with God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. So this is pretty revealing. True faith has to have some restraints. You know these people that say they believe, but they don't want anybody holding them back. No, I'm a believer, but they just want to do whatever feels good, go with the flow. They want this freedom just to live life. That's not faith. Faith is, is accepting the Word of God and God's law. And Jesus plainly said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And the commandments are not grievous. Why? This is the way of faith, the way of uh, Enoch. So he throttled down. And you know what the word means? He choked himself. Now, this is strange. I'm not telling you to go choke yourself. But what did Paul said? He said, I buffet my body daily. You realize that? Paul said, I die daily. This is one of the greatest men who ever lived. And, and the word buffet means he beat himself up until there were bruises. Now, some people think that means I buffet my body daily. Very quiet in here. Uh, I, I live that verse, Golden Corral. I live that verse. No, you buff it. Say, this is what I feel like doing. I can't do that. This is what I want to eat. Probably shouldn't eat that. I, I would like to sleep a lot. No, I that's not why. I like to do these things. 
you you throttle back and you you don't let yourself have unlimited uh, freedom. Enter ye in at the straight gate. Why? Because broad, wide is the gate. Broad is the way that which leadeth unto destruction. So this is so amazing. When you look at the wheel inside of the wheel, and God took him up, just like Elijah went up to heaven in a fiery chariot, Enoch got translated. Now, remember, a translation, I, I can't even, it's one of these words I have difficulty even fully understanding or explaining, but a translation is where you take one thing, you turn it into something else, and it's a miraculous work of God, just like the King James Bible, the translation, is just as inspired, it is just as inerrant, it is the infallible Word of God, all the way through that it was spoken by the Holy Prophets as they were moved by the Holy Ghost, it is just the same Word of God that God spoke, breathed it out of his very mouth. Enoch got translated. He's walking. Just God took him to heaven. Why? He bridled back himself. So, interesting. He lived 365 years, which is not very long for back then. Other people were living 900 years. Methuselah lived the longest. Uh, that's one of the Gregorian calendar years, 365. So God took him, God translated him to heaven, and he did not cheat death as a he cheat. No, he got translated to never die. And all these people want to cheat death. I don't even know what that means. That just means you got away with it one more time. No, the soul that sinneth, it shall surely die. Now, why wouldn't we want to pray, even so come Lord Jesus, right now and translate me and go up to meet the Lord in the air and be just like Enoch, but sad to say, most so-called Christians, they want to spend time, there's things they haven't accomplished yet. I've heard that there's a lot of things I haven't accomplished yet. Uh, well, God knows what you would have done if you were there. So, John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. John 10, 7, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. Walk through Christ. See, a lot of people, they like that door of Christ. They don't like the way of Christ. They want, they don't, you know, you, they don't want to go to hell, but they sure don't want to go to church. You know, they don't want to die and go to hell and burn forever, but they don't want to walk with God. They don't want to bridle back. And so a lot of people, I don't know how, they, they say they walked through the door. They didn't because if they did, they'd still be walking with God. It's a way of life, not just something you profess or claim to believe. So, Jesus said, and I love it, in John eleven twenty five, 25, I am the resurrection and the life. 
He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And he said, he that believeth in me shall never die. This is the Enoch. Saved by faith, justified. So for the Enoch person, the Christian, in our dispensation, death is not the cessation of life. It's the door of translation into eternity. So we will be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. I forget the speed of light that it takes to reflect off. That's not fast enough. You will be changed, translated. We will go up to meet the Lord in the air. And why? Same thing. Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. You cannot say you're a Christian if you don't walk with God ever. No, I'm not saying you have to be perfect 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But if you're not trying to walk with God, if that's not your goal, you might be an Enos. You might want to rethink things in your, in your spiritual condition because Enos represents the natural man who's unbridled, unrestrained. Enoch restrained himself, walked with God, was not, for God took him. So Jesus Christ tasted death for every man. Praise the Lord. Very simple question. Which one are we? Now I'm going to read you a verse and, and we'll be through shortly. Let's look at 2 Corinthians and uh, chapter 5. And look what it says in verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. For the love of Christ does what? Look, read it. Constraineth us. Does it say it lets you be an unbridled and just be a wild? No. The love of Christ constraineth us. Because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. So, and it goes on to say, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So the, the love of Christ puts a governor on us. It restrains us. The things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. Things I used to say, I don't say them anymore. Places I used to go, I don't go there anymore. There's been a great change. You know, that bus song has more truth than most people ever uh, think about since I've been born again. Great change. So, we need to be true to the new creature. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. What is that new creature? The love of Christ constrains us. That's why we're here tonight. That's why we fear the Lord. That's why you have a godly walk in a way in your life. Why? Because God's love constrains you. It's Enoch. You bridle back. And so then what do we do? Just very simple. We walk with God. They that walk after the flesh shall 
fulfill the lust of the flesh. If we walk after the Spirit, we will produce the fruit of the Spirit, which gives us victory over the lust of the flesh. We walk with God. So, you know, read your Bible. Go, go home, read your Bible, have a time every day, at least one time a day, you read your Bible. Meditate, memorize, hide it in your heart, the Word, walk with your God, and restrain yourself. If you love me, keep my commandments. Then number two, what are we trying to do? We're trying to get Enos's to become Enoch's. That's what the ministry is. That's why Jesus said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. All power is given unto me. Set them free. Why? Because they're trapped. Isn't it strange? They are trapped with freedom. That's a paradox, isn't it? They're trapped in sin by not having any restraints. When they get saved, the love of Christ constrains them. And then they can walk with God, and Enoch was not. Why? For he walked with God, and God took him. He was translated that he should not see death. Now, when we got saved, you were, it hadn't happened yet. It's good as done. Glorification in God's eyes has already happened. We're just waiting at the right time for the prophecy to be fulfilled, God's timing. We're going to be translated that we would not see death. And, you know, it's, it's an amazing thing. Uh, this is real. You know, a lot of people think, uh, you know, it's just some idea. No, this is real. Praise the Lord. God has a plan. We're a part of it. He revealed himself to us through his son, and, you know, I, I challenge you, if you're Enos, get saved tonight. Become an Enoch. All you've got to do is receive the gift of eternal life. It is free. God will give you eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ. If you are saved, we need to be true to who we are, a new creature. You know, when somebody backslides, and I've seen a lot of people backslidden lately, what are they? They're... they're uh, they're changing that governor, giving themselves a little more throttle. Go out here, go over there, not be where they're supposed to be. Not doing what they're supposed to do. Not throttling back. That's what happens. When, when you backslide, yeah, I'll give myself a little more freedom. Um, so I'm through. We have this, a cat, and we were... I think somebody said, you need to buy your cat this harness. It's a high-tech harness. Goes around the whole body. It's padded. It's real pretty. It's turquoise blue. And, uh, you know, but the problem is cats, aren't, they want her freedom. So what that cat learned to do is when it, it goes to the end of the rope and it pulls it, it learned if it turned away and pulls backward, Pulls right out of that harness. <laughs> Wasn't designed very good. Pulls right out of it. And uh, that's what a lot of people are doing. Backing up, backslide, look back, turn back. We need to be constrained. You know, and you say, that's boring. No, it's not. That's freedom. Freedom comes from being constrained by the love of Christ. 
death comes by rejecting the love of God and living a wild life. Amen. All right, let's pray. Uh, I'm going to.